Hey, smart mamas. Welcome to the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast, a podcast about balancing mom life and work life and everything in between. Being a mama is a hard job. We are three nurse anesthetists reaching out to support and encourage other moms with hectic and chaotic lives. I want to be a nurse anesthetist. No topics are off limits. Relationships, finance, mental health, work. And we aren't sugarcoating anything. No way or way. This is real life, real moms, real advice. And we want this to be interactive. We want to hear from you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcome back to Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups. I'm actually talking this time. So that's, (laughs) I think I was silent on the last one. I couldn't even talk, but I'm Ellen and Lacey's here with me. And Crystal is out. She is under the weather a little bit. So send her some positive thoughts and prayers. And we're going to jump right into it today. We have the amazing Dr. Sarah. Is it Pagenta? Yeah, it's Sandra Pagenta. Perfect. We got it. And she is a proceduralist, a nurse practitioner, and she works in urology right now. And she also has her own podcast, which we're going to be guest guesting on. And it's called the Dr. Nurse Podcast. So check that out. But I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself, tell us why people know you, how you got started. And then we'll just ask you a few questions as we go along um, based on you know the topics that you bring to the table, basically. Sound good? So tell us, how do people know you? Yeah. So I am a nurse practitioner. I currently work as a urologic proceduralist. So I do cystoscopies. I do prostate biopsies. I go into the OR and assist the attendings in surgery. And I am a newly launched podcast host of the Dr. Nurse Podcast, which is a platform for nurses to share their journeys through their careers. I just was just kind of hit me one day as I was, you know, precepting students, they'd always ask you like, how did you get to like where you are today? Like, what was your, you know, how'd you choose this? And how'd you get here? And if I would have met myself 13 years ago when I was a nurse, I would have never believed that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. And so I felt like a platform needed to be developed where nurses could talk about their journey and why and how they made the decisions that they made to get them to get them to the spots that they are right now. And so, yeah, I created this podcast and, you know, that another, uh, you know, I, I work part-time as a nurse practitioner and now my other part-time, part-time job is finding super cool NPs that people want to hear from that are super inspirational that make people go like, I want to go do that. How do I, how do I do what she does? Um, that's kind of the the purpose of the podcast and, and really the heart behind what I do on that leg of, of my, of my work. Were you asked a lot in your regular career, kind of like how you got started or like what brought this thought or idea about for you that made it so interesting for you to convey through a podcast? Yeah. So I did find that when I had preceptees or nursing students, they would ask me, how did you pick this? Or how did you find this job? Or or what took you, you know, in your journey to this spot? And I really, it was kind of random. Like it was just kind of like, I started realizing that the journey to where I am was 
a bunch of little tiny micro decisions that I may or may not have been paying attention to that led me to where I was. And so I thought, why don't we bring awareness to the little decisions that we we made throughout our journey? And then how that all accumulated to right where we were. And so I I was asked that question a lot and it did lead me to go, I think more nurses need to share their journeys because if we all share and talk about, you know, that one time I met, I dated this one guy and it, he just, he was the worst. And I realized that what he needed was a nurse. I don't know, like whatever your, whatever your thing was, mm-hmm. a lot of people describe, you know, my mom got cancer. And so that was the day that I decided to be a nurse or uh, I've had nurses. One of the nurses that I interviewed, it was actually super interesting. She said when she was a nursing, a nurse, a brand new nurse, what made her decide to become a nurse Mm -hmm. practitioner was watching her patients have amputations and realizing that on the floor, she couldn't really help them. I mean, outside of like the care that she would give, but she wanted to make decisions for them outside of just the hospital. So that was the day that she was like, I got to go back. And so I just feel like these, these moments should be showcased. Yeah. I just, I I really enjoy having these conversations. So now like listening to you talk kind of you know, like you're a seasoned nurse and, you know, so are we, we've all gotten advanced degrees in, we're nurse anesthetists, you're an MP, you know, how is like, what did you expect from nursing when you started versus what you're seeing from nursing now being a seasoned nurse and an advanced practice nurse? That's a really good question. And I think when I was a brand new nurse, I was 22 years old. So I feel like you don't really know yourself, right? And now that you're a seasoned nurse and you have a really good understanding of who you are, I think that you start to look at nursing differently. You, you, instead of wanting to get a nursing job and work for nursing at this stage of my life, I really want nursing to start working for me. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So like I started to, to look at my career and look at, you know, where I was coming from, where just kind of with this eye of like, wait a minute, I'm super valuable. Like my degree makes me a businesswoman. And I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it like I was like my intellectual property made me a business owner. You know, like you buy like a bodega on the corner and you think, okay, I am a business owner. I own a physical business. But actually, like if you have a a master's degree or even a bachelor's degree, and nursing, you own the business of your mind. And so that change in my mindset was something that I think has come along my career. I didn't start there. I definitely wasn't there when I was a nurse. I was just like taking orders, working on the floor, hustling, just not wanting to hurt anybody. And now I'm like, no, I think I think I know what I'm doing as far as nursing is concerned. Now I need to start to build this career around what I want for my life. Yeah. And I love that, you know, it's hard because nursing is probably the largest or one of the largest, um, like organized professions, but sometimes it feels so lonely because you feel like nobody identifies with your journey or your thoughts or, you know, whatever. And so it's so amazing that 
not only do you talk about your experience and so many people have asked you and you've shared, cause sometimes I feel like people don't want to share either. Like they feel like competition somehow, or, you know, they forget the community aspect of it, but now you've turned it into a podcast. So that's amazing. And kudos to you on that. Thank you. There's this scarcity mindset. And I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if it's a, a woman thing. I don't know. Cause you know, we're such a career, uh, a female dominated career. I don't know if it's a healthcare thing. I don't really get it, but there really is this scarcity mindset. And when you start to break away from that and you start to realize that the more you give, the more you're going to receive, you start to go, why am I holding on to this? Like, here, let me help you. How, how can I yeah. help you in your career? How can I help mm-hmm. you, you know, let me share this with you because the more you hold and you think like mine, precious, you know, like that Lord of the Rings, Gollum type behavior, you're just, you're never going to reap anything substantial in your life. It's, you're just not, it just doesn't work that way. The universe Amen. doesn't work that way. So again, changing that mindset, changing your thinking, having people tell you, if I would have known this, when I started, that mm-hmm. makes you listen. That makes you go, oh, wait, what What did you want to know when you first started? You know, like that's, I think. Well, now I, I, I want to know the answer to that question. Like, yeah. what did you want to know? Like, what do you wish you would have known when you started? Because I like personally think, and I see this, I was with the nursing student today. And it's like, there's certain like naivete of, like new nursing students, like I'm here to help people. Like I, I like, that's like, everyone's like first line in every admissions paper, right. Is like, I want to help people. And there's like a million different ways to help people, but nursing is a special calling of like helping people in a very specific and yet broad way. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. like, what do you wish that you would have known ahead of time? So I've actually spent some time of course, hearing other people answer this question and then my own like meditation time on it. And I think that there's only one you and you only have one life and to enjoy the journey of nursing, to not rush it, to not think I need to go be a nurse practitioner. So I need to go quickly get a nursing job and I got to rush, 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 rush. Everything is this pressure and you don't spend the time Mm -hmm. to sit where you are and think, what am I supposed to be gleaning from this patient today? What am I supposed to be learning from this manager today? Instead of being so focused in on the future and where you're going, spend time in the present and get to know yourself and to truly find out what's important to you. Because if I would have known that it would have been important to me to be able to go part-time at my job and stay home with my baby and and watch him grow up and not miss too much of the time with him, then I would have made different decisions when I was a baby nurse to be investing my money, to be doing other things that I, I think would have put me in a better position if I wasn't just like, oh, okay, it's fine. These shoes are, you know, I got that nurse money. I'll spend that money on these shoes and I'll do all that. Like just being present and figuring out like, no, Sandra, like what's going to be important to you is like, you know, the time that you'll be able to have. So invest that wisely, invest that money yeah. wisely. Don't be so you know, frivolous. And so I think that just comes with time. And so again, if you're being present, you're being centered with yourself. I think that those things become more clear, more so than just being so busy that you think to avoid burnout, I need to, you know, 
do whatever with my money or spend it or, or not pay attention or just get through the day. And I don't know. I just, that's, I don't know if that's making any sense, but that's kind of what I felt like I needed. I, I wish I, I would have like, done. Yeah. You, you raise a very good point. And I think we all see it all the time, especially in anesthesia where it's like, Anesthesia is the end goal for a lot of people. And so these are the steps you must take to get to become a nurse anesthetist. And we see people at various stages of those steps and that come through the OR and shadow and all that. And so I do feel like even in like the nurse practitioner role, it's like, well, I'm going to go be, I'm going to start my nursing degree so that I can become a nurse practitioner. And so in order to do that, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do that. There's all of these steps, but like people don't, I feel like, and this is maybe me being preachy and I apologize, but like, I feel like people don't really like stay in the step or like be in the step, like you said. And so it's like, what can you glean? Like what makes a really good nurse practitioner is someone who had nursing experience and who gleaned that information during their floor nursing time in assessment and time management and all of those skills that you're honing every day doing the things that you're like, I'm just doing this to get to the next level. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hope I'm not too preachy there. No, no, no. I feel like no I'm, I'm probably too preachy, but I, I kind of feel like it's in those little tiny moments that the little whisper of maybe what you're connected to or what you're really like destined for is spoken. So for example, when I first um, became a nurse, I got offered like four jobs, which you think is like so great. You're like, oh, that's so great. It's the worst because now you have to decide. And you're like, I don't know what I want to be. I don't know if I want to be a med surge nurse or in the OR or go to the ICU. And so I was had this conundrum. So long story short, I was sitting there and I had like OR in one hand and then I had in the other hand med surge and I just did this rationale like, oh, it'll be good experience to put in Foley's every day and pass meds and, and all this different thing. And then I thought, well, the OR won't give me as much experience, but I didn't get to, I didn't spend that time with myself to go, what kind of personality are you? Are you happy? Are you a sad personality? Are you hyper? Are you that processing? I didn't really do. I just did it more of like a, what's going to give me the more skills? That's going to get me to the next point. Yeah, you That's were doing what's me. right, not what you wanted. Not exactly. What yes. Exactly. And so what ended up happening is I took the med surge job and it was tough. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. It's not for everyone. I think we can all relate. <laughs> it was hard. But what's more important is that my personality was pretty hard in that setting because it was oncology. So patients were very sick and it was very sad. And I remember I had a lot of issues because patient, you know, patients felt like I'd come in and I was like, good morning, how are you? And it's like, I'm sick. Like, can you get up out of my room? You know? And so my personality really wasn't jiving with that floor. Right. And so there wasn't anything wrong with me. There wasn't anything wrong with the patient. I was just at the wrong, like the wrong spot. Yeah. And so what I found out was with this job is it working in the operating room, doing procedures. It's totally my personality. It's so great. Like, hi, how are you? Welcome. I'm going to do your procedure. It's going to be fine. Like I can just be myself and it really does work for me. And I found that at different jobs that yes, the way that I was, was okay. But I think that time of just sitting with Sandra, you're about to take a job in oncology. Like realize what the patients are going to need from you. Like, are you going to be able to provide that? And I don't think I did that work. It was just kind of like a, 
it, it was more of a calculated move more so than a, a quiet, can I give this job what it needs? And can this job give me what I need? Does that make oh, I sense? I love that. Yeah, that is so good. That's so good. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are outside of nursing? Like what is your life otherwise? I know you mentioned that you are part-time now. So what's your life look like now? So I work two days a week. I work two long days a week. And then the other days I spend with my kiddo. Like I had, uh, I just had a, a, he's now two. So I have a two-year-old son. I think somebody else has a son named Benjamin, which. Yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. So I love that name. Uh, and clearly you do too. So. Is he a Benny or a Benji? Um, he's a Benji. Are you, is yours a Benny? So I thought my whole pregnancy, he would be a Benji and he came out and he is a Benny all day. <laughs> yep. He's a Benny boy. <laughs> That is so sweet. Yeah. yeah, he's on my he's on my necklace. I have oh, Benji I love on my it. necklace. I'd get it tattooed on my chest if I could. Yeah. Uh, he's just, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. He's just the greatest. So yeah, so I had my son and again that I was working four days a week prior to having him or five, four to five days a week. And then I had him and it was like the world slowed down, you know? And I was like, I gotta be, I gotta be home with this kid. And I just enjoy watching him grow. I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to have children. Um, and so uh, he was a big, a big unexpected blessing. So oh, I, I really, yeah, I really love soaking him up. And it was so funny because I was listening to your podcast where you had the professor on the love and love and logic. Love and Logic. Yes. Yeah. That was an awesome loved, episode. Oh, that was such a great episode. I love some of the techniques that he was yeah. sharing. And so, so they a couple of work. No, a couple of days ago, I used them on my kid. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> you sang the uh oh song. I did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Gosh, that's hilarious. I love it. I love that you listened to that episode. So, what does work life balance look like to you now? Because that's really tough in nursing. You know, people think like, oh, you work three days and 12 hour shifts and it's all great. And, you know, looking back, sure, when you're 22 and you're working in the ICU, three 12 hour shifts is amazing because you have four days off. You could stack them, take a week long mm-hmm. vacation, never take a vacation day. You know, great. But then you get, you know, other priorities in life. You get married, you have children, and all of a sudden three 12 hour shifts is not as, you know, bougie as it was at once. So what is, yeah, especially when you stack them together and then you don't see your kid for like four days. And then by the time you get home, you're so exhausted. You still can't remember any time with them. So what's, what's work-life balance mean to you and what does it look like for you nowadays? So great question. Work-life balance for me these days just looks like Working my shift, doing my best to kind of like meal prep. So that's kind of something that I don't have to walk in the door and worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly just choosing to be super present when I'm home. So for example, today, I wanted to make sure I was prepared for the podcast. So when my kid was sleeping, I prepped for podcasts. So he's sleeping. Actually, he didn't sleep. That's actually not accurate. He didn't sleep. All he did was roll around in the crib, but it's fine. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Quiet time. Quiet time. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. That's what you call that. So yeah, we just did quiet. I just worked during his quiet time. And then the moment he wakes up, I'm on and I'm super present. And I think that kind of goes back to what I was uh, talking about earlier is when do you feel alive? When do you feel like you're, if at least for me, when I am 
doing one of the things I was placed here on earth to do, which was to take care of him, I feel most alive when I'm doing that. And so I make sure that when I'm here, I'm super present and very little things get in that in the way of that. And so I literally stack people against my kid. I'm like, okay. And against, okay, sorry, Benji wins. You know? <laughs> so that's kind of what I do for work balance. Unfortunately, you've only got so much time. You only have so much you. And so you just, um, I just have to prioritize like, all right, the baby's down. I can go do that work. And then when he's awake, it's just, I'm, I'm on with him. Does that, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. It's kind of tough as a nurse practitioner, I would imagine, because you do have to bring some, some work home with you. Like we're blessed because our work stays at work. So like, we don't have to bring mm-hmm. home charts and you know, all this stuff. I mean, typically, at least not in my role. So I, I, I imagine it's got to be hard because sometimes the work comes home with you, but do you also do anything else in entrepreneurship and business? Do you like, uh, you know, a lot of people that come on here do real estate and other kinds of um, side uh, businesses that they start or, you know, main businesses that it turns into. So what, what's your life look like right now in terms of nursing or outside of it? So as far as nursing, it's just my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as side hustling, it's it's honestly just been enjoying the podcast and mm-hmm. doing that as my side. I've thought about doing other research, like you can get paid for precepting students. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I recently kind of got involved in starting that process, just because there is so much to do outside. But I think for me, the focus really is finding work outside of the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. I really feel like those are opportunities that give you a lot of flexibility and allow you, like you said, to kind of work when your kid is asleep or work when your kid is taking a nap or whatever. That's kind of really where I'd like to see a lot more opportunities open up for my career. Just because, you know, leaving the house and leaving being home has just been it's been something that, you know, my husband works from home. It's just like really convenient that he's like walking three feet to the desk and excuse me, walking three feet to the desk and he's at work and we have to still go in. Luckily with my job, because I'm a proceduralist, I don't really take a lot of charts home with me. So I do your procedure and then I'm done. I'm kind of, I've realized that that really is my personality to just take care of what I need to do at the, at the job, make sure that I do your procedure. I put in the paperwork, I do what I need to do, but I don't really spend a ton of time outside with charts. So that's been a big blessing with working in um, kind of a surgery setting. That's one thing I love about anesthesia too. And Ellen alluded to that where it's like, we, there's really nothing they can send home with us. Like we can't put people to sleep at home. <laughs> The only thing you can take home is your pager and be on call, which right. is a or pain, your mental but anguish. Yes, yes, yes. And that is something that definitely comes home with me sometimes. But the one thing that I love about anesthesia compared to the ICU is that like when I'm up at night, it's because somebody needs something from me right now, whether it be in a case or because I got paged for a task but it's, I am needed at this moment. And so I am awake only when I am needed. <laughs> and, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. For yeah, sure. That's really nice. Um, what about you, Ellen? So I, I don't, you know, in terms of what, like balance and, and yeah. the job. So it's funny because like I said, priorities shift. So I, I think back to when I first started in anesthesia, at least, 
obviously I didn't have kids. And my goal at that point was to get as many skills, as much education as I could. So I took all the shifts, all the on-calls, all the traumas. Like I was an adrenaline junkie to the max. I loved it. I, you know, when it's just you and your spouse, like if you leave for a night, nothing, you're like, whatever, no big deal. Meanwhile, you know, as soon as I got pregnant, like even being on call pregnant, I started experiencing all kinds of different things mentally and emotionally that affected me in nursing that never had before. And I don't know if it was hormonal or just me shifting into the role of mother that I never went back to doing call after I had my kids because I couldn't tolerate like the traumas. And so now my life, it's funny because I was so career driven and so you know, education driven. And I'm glad I front loaded all of that because now it's not that I'm not career driven. My career drive is just different now. Like my drive now is into the entrepreneurial side, the business side, the diversify yourself side, as many ways as you can for income streams so that you're not living at the hospital. You know, I do not seek adrenaline. I seek peace, quiet, easy schedules. Like I, I seek life with my family, with my kids. I love my kids and my husband more than anything. Like, and it's not that my job has taken a back seat. I think it, I've just kind of redefined who I am as a nurse and my goals and my dreams have changed. And I think that's totally okay. Like you said, when you go into nursing, you know, you don't even know who you are as a person or like what your personality fits. And I think as you evolve as a person, your personality fits different things. You know, my personality fit trauma amazingly well in my twenties because I could stay up all night and do all the crazy cases. And I was like, you know, foaming at the mouth. And then now (laughs) if you tell me right now, if I think of a pager going off, I like cringe Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, now I love to sleep at night. I really like that you know, my patients aren't dying and I just love hanging out with my family. I've become such a dud, but I'm okay with it. I've gotten that already, you know, like I've, I've seeked it. I've gotten it. I'm happy with all the skills I've acquired, but now it's time for, you know, just like a redefined role. I guess. And isn't that the beautiful thing about nursing? Yes. Is that like, you can transition to that. Yeah. You can't do that. I mean, like many jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can, you can do the adrenaline and you can do it. And then when you're ready for something else, it's there and you can go there. Yeah. So versatile. I love that. Mm -hmm. So versatile. I love it. It's so incredible. Yeah. It morphs and that's, yeah, it's been morphs. And that was what I started to notice. And so as I kind of walked through this, I started, even with my own career, I was going to, I wanted to do robot. I was like, I'm going to be a robot NP. I'm going to help cut out prostates. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be in the OR all day. <laughs> and then I had Benji and I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> that does not. And again, I, I so would love to do that. It's still something that piques my interest. That is so incredible. But it's just like for right now, like I need nursing to be something different for me. And and like you said, because I was on fire when I first took this job in, in urology and I was doing procedures and I was like, what can I do? Can I go up into kidneys? Can I, can I do, you know, retrogrades? Can I, you know, and I was doing all of that. My boss, when I told him, like, I only, I only can give like, two days. And he was like, cool, I'll take it. And I was like, what? You'll take it? Is it? <laughs> you know, I was shocked. You were like, where's the argument? <laughs> right? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. are you kidding me? To train somebody to do what you were able to do? Like, we'll take whatever you'll give us. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that this career is just 
accommodated my life mm-hmm. to know mm-hmm. like choose nursing pick you know like what's that line like pick me love me like <laughs> choose me yeah 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 and you know it's like also how badass is it that like we get to be an amazing mom and also an amazing nurse and like have all the things, even if we don't have a hundred percent of them all at once, sometimes 50, 50 still adds up to a hundred and you could still satisfy every need. Like what, who, whoever thought back in the day, you'd be able to have like such a crazy important role and do all the amazing things and then be able to hang up, you know, your white coat and then go home and just still be a mom. You don't have to pick. And I love that about Mm -hmm. nursing because a lot of other, you know, roles in medicine surgeons and, you know, other, other, any other job, you, you can't do that. You're kind of at the beck and call of the patient and of your schedule. And, you know, you work your whole life to stand up on your feet and by then your kids are grown and it's kind of, it's not the life I wanted. That's for sure. You know, definitely not. I agree. And I will say this because, so I still take a lot of call and we've obviously there's like now a nurse anesthetist shortage. And so we're taking more, but you know, it's okay. Like I've found a way to like make it, it's not ideal. Like I don't love being on call all the time, but we found a way to make it work. And right now with our kids not being in elementary school, being too young for that, you know, we're able to like take my post-call day and go to the zoo and we're able to just like, you know, still make it work. Like Ellen said, 50, 50 still adds up to a hundred. Like you may sacrifice a little bit here to sacrifice a little bit there, but you can still make it add up to a hundred. It doesn't have to be 99. You can get to a hundred if you like make it into a hundred, you know what I mean? And in all different ways, everybody's hundred looks different. You know, it could be like 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, who cares? Mm -hmm. And so everyone can kind of pick, I kind of have a tough question for you, but I think you're going to nail this one because I kind of like have sensed your vibe. (laughs) What are your thoughts, which, I mean, I know how you feel because you're already highly educated up to the highest level, but what are your thoughts on the nursing profession being against the doctorate degree in nursing? Mm. Oh, I got to get ready for this. Yeah, one. I hear your back knocking already. <laughs> so give give a little background first on like yeah, so, what exactly they're against. So there's yeah, always, I was gonna ask that. there's always, you know, two schools of thought here. There's people who are like, I became a nurse to be a bedside nurse and I don't want to be forced back for more education. And then mm-hmm. there's another school of thought that is if we are going to compete with physicians uh, doctors of pharmacy, doctors of physical therapy and command respect and want to be, you know, on research articles and educate in universities and be taken seriously and not being called just a nurse, then we better get our butts out there and get our education and put a doctor in front of our names too. So there's two schools of thought. Where do you fall? Oh, I'm a hundred percent the latter. Yeah. A hundred percent the latter. And the reason why I got my doctorate was because of that exact reason right there. All that, all the things, ditto, echo, snaps, that's it. <laughs> that's it right there. Because I wanted, I want, I want, I know my, my attending, he introduces me as his doctorally prepared nurse practitioner to other docs. Oh, and I don't yes. even ask for that. I don't praise that like, man. I don't ask for that. <laughs> yeah. But he does that. He does that on his own. 
<laughs> he is so sweet, my my chief. He's amazing. And he literally would go, this is one of my MPs and she's a doctorally prepared NP. And I'm like, I don't even know why that matters, but it does. And there's just something about the way that it resonates and it sits with other professions that realize that like, I went to the highest level that I could to show that nurses are able to sit at the table. What was that? Uh, the the judge that just passed away, she's super famous. Oh, uh, Ruth, um, Ruth. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said women deserve to be to be in the in the rooms where big decisions are being made. Mm-hmm. And I believe nurses should be in the rooms where big healthcare decisions are being yes. made. Amen. And if, and if yes. we have the degrees behind our name and and the and we're showing like we did not approach this haphazardly we went after something we we pursued it to the highest level i think it just resonates with md's that do the exact same thing they just they go all out right they geek out on medicine and i just wanted to geek out on nursing so i love <laughs> I it i'm with you i love 100%. it 100% yeah i know what about you what about you um, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I think that, and you know, this is, there's always like a fight. It's always has to be like one or the other, you know, there's a place for everybody. And this is not taking away from nurses who are at the bedside for 40 years and have loads of experience. However, I do think there's something to be said for, you know, if we want to participate in advancing science and to be taken you know, seriously at the table with people who are doctorally prepared in other fields, you, we have to, you know, there's, there's a place for experience. And then there's a place for being educated on how to conduct and evaluate research to advance science, to advance our profession and how we care for patients. And sometimes experience is part of that, but there still needs to be a whole nother component. So I'm proud that I, you know, pursued nursing to the highest degree. And I'm able to do that. I'm proud of the letters behind my name. I'm proud of the certifications that I hold. I'm proud of the roles that I can hold based off of that. Do I think everybody needs to be forced back? No. And just like you said before, it's not everyone's personality. Not everybody wants that out of nursing. So there's going to be people in both, but I, I don't think nurses should, I don't think anybody should hold their thumb down on nursing and not allow them to progress if they want to. So that's what I think the the big change came is nurses decided that we deserve to, and we want a seat at the table, you know, and no one's going to tell us that we can't have one. And we want to make decisions because otherwise they're going to decide for us. And those nurses are going to be the ones that represent the ones at the bedside. You know, someone's got to, and we don't want the physicians doing it or, you know, the, the pharmacists, because they don't know, they don't know our life and our role. Um, so yeah. I, I think that it's amazing. And I think nurses in all forms should support that and be happy for that. And that's not to say that everybody needs to do the same thing, you know? Yeah. Now, I agree with both of you a wholeheartedly, 100%. Like I'd put the like hundred emoji, like, <laughs> like throw it up there a whole bunch of times. But it would be a really boring podcast if like we all just agreed. He's always the devil's advocate. I forgot to tell I you. am always, I do play that role. And so our listeners are probably like, oh God, what's Lacey going to come up with now? But I, <laughs> I will say this. There is, I feel like, a certain subset of nurses who didn't actually want to be nurses. You know, like they went into nursing to become something else and they didn't actually want to sit in that nursing role mm-hmm. and be nurses. And so I do feel like there should be some time spent 
as a nurse before advancing. And like I said, I wholeheartedly agree with advancing and it's your choice. And, you know, we're not just tied to a patient's bedside. We're not tied to the handrail, like the restraints, you know, but like, I do feel like there's value in time spent at the bedside, even if it's not in the entire sure, For sure. You know what I mean? That's why it's required. Like, before we go to school, for sure. Because if you think of your advanced role kind of being as like the house, you know, you need to build a house on a foundation and the foundation is found in the entry-level nursing. You know, Mm -hmm. how else could you get advanced skills if you don't even have the basic ones? 100% I agree with you there. Yeah, I think... Oh, I think I might play a little bit of a devil's advocate on this. Go for it. Because I wonder, I had some friends just go straight through mm-hmm. and they were just fine as nurse practitioners. She got a surgery job. She did great. She never spent a day as an RN. And maybe that kind of goes back to what we were saying before, the journey looks different mm-hmm. for other people. And mm-hmm. so I I feel like maybe some people would be terrible as an RN, but they're decent nurse practitioner or they're a good nurse practitioner. However, I'm a better nurse practitioner because I was a nurse. I will say Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. But I don't believe that you can't be a good nurse practitioner because you weren't a nurse. I know I'm a better nurse practitioner because I was a nurse. I know the struggle of a nurse. I've been in the trenches. I have been in the trenches. Okay. We're all like picturing our own trenches and be like, oh God, I feel you, girl. I feel (laughs) you. I also think it has to do with what what, um, avenue you take as a nurse practitioner. Like if you go straight into surgery, you probably don't need to be at the bedside. But if you're going to go into family practice, you probably should be at the bedside because it, it has a different level of like patient care, like, you know, that the belly to belly patient care versus the operative patient care. So I think, like you said, like everybody knows their personality. Like I knew 100% that I am not somebody who would thrive at the bedside for too long because like I would die inside and it would just not be good for everybody. I thrive, you know, in the OR, I thrive in anesthesia. I knew my personality. I know I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like to critically think like we know ourselves. So I totally agree with both of you. I think that you know, nursing is just so broad that mm-hmm. there are some avenues that require or, you know, benefit from bedside nursing and some avenues that really like don't depend on it as much. And I think what's even cooler is when we're done with the bedside and the belly to belly nursing care and all that, we can move on and be on the administrative side and really kill it with the decisions, you know, where people don't expect nurses to end up like in your cool business suit and your heels and (laughs) stomping around making some decisions. And I think that's really cool too, is that we get a seat at the corporate table now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's where we belong. And I guess representation everywhere. My point was like more and like just ruminating on like what I had said is like, I guess it feels a little like disheartening that people would want to skip such like a fundamental heart of nursing. You know what I mean? And to just like blow right past it is like, this is like, like Ellen said, like, this is the foundation. This is like the bottom, like base that everything grows out of. And to just like skip it or like, just not even like think it means anything is like, to me as a nurse, like I wanted to be a nurse when I was five years old. 
I picked my nursing college when I was in eighth grade and I went and I did it in four years and that was what I was going to do. And so it's like, that was like who, like, like being an RN was like it. And then I found anesthesia after that. And so like that foundation, that like part of it is such, I think a part of who we are as advanced practice nurses. And so to just see people like not value that, you yeah. know, and I get it. Like you want to get to the end. You want to get to the the better money. You want to get to the better hours. You want to get to the office. You want to get to that. And I get that 120%. But like that foundation, I feel like is just so important to our field. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's why they say yeah. you can't do it just for the money or the schedule. You got to you gotta love it. Because while yeah. you're getting to that point, you're going to be in the trenches, like Sandy said. Um, yeah. yeah. So I've loved this conversation so much. I could talk, 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 continue talking to you. Cause first of all, I feel like the three of us like really connect to like down to like, you know, the heart. And then Mm -hmm. I just love this topic. I could talk all day about this, but we have to wrap up. So Sandra, why don't you tell us where our listeners can find you, hear more from you and get all that value that you share? Oh, for sure. So I am on anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, I'm everywhere. So just look up uh, Dr. Nurse Podcast. The name originated because I was talking to someone that was asking me if I was a nurse. I said, yeah. And and he was like, so what are you doing? I was like, I'm getting my doctor. And he's like, so you're a doctor nurse. And I was like, yeah, but doctor nurse. Yeah. So it just like started <laughs> this whole like thought process and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the name comes from. But Dr. Nurse Podcast. And like, like, like I said earlier, it's just a platform for, for nurses to share their journeys and for us to kind of glean little nuggets that they learned along their their, their paths. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok, aka I'm an elder millennial. So it is not <laughs> solid TikTok, but it is, I am TikToking as best as I can. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm at the doctor nurse podcast so i'm tweeting i'm tiktoking and i'm gramming and i'm exhausted no, I'm just <laughs> you're doing all the things you're doing awesome. all i love it and yeah. and if you have enjoyed this podcast and this conversation head on over to the doctor nurse podcast because we're going to record an episode with sandra right now and this conversation will just inevitably continue over there and so like part two is going to be on her podcast so yeah. head over there and check it out because this whole conversation is just gonna move right over there <laughs> yeah. thanks you guys, for having me on you're welcome thanks for being on here if you guys don't already you gotta subscribe follow us um we are on instagram at hey smart mom we are on Facebook and Twitter at Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups. And we would love to hear from you on what you want to hear from us. Make sure you um, leave us a review. You leave us your best comments. And we hope to hear from you soon. And we hope you are here to hear from us soon too. So we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.